millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today on the show, we've got a very, very, very important guest. Probably the most important guest we've ever had on the show. This one you'll want to listen to. I'm the guest. That's right, Glenn James. So, the guest that we've got interviewing me is Bo Humphreys. He runs a podcast out of Canada called The Personal Finance Show. Now, Bo is a very good interviewer and once I had a listen to this interview, I thought, geez, he actually extracted a bit of gold out of me uh, that other people might be able to learn from. So, if you want to learn how I manage my own money, how I hustled my way from leaving school at age 16... Uh, into a trade, then into financial services, and then into starting my own business, this is probably a good listen and hope you learn something about me. Bye. So, I guess my first memory about money, I don't know the exact age, but I would have been under 10 years old and my grandfather had property and he had 22 acres. Oh, wow. Um, North of Sydney, three and a half hours, like it was the countryside, beautiful. Okay. And in Australia, and I'm not sure about Canada, we've got a thing called fireweed. It looks like a yellow flower, Okay. but it's a weed and it spreads like fire. Probably something very similar. Yeah. So, he said one day, do you want a job? I'm like, sure. And he said, well, you can pick the fireweed and I'll pay you 50 cents an hour. Pick it like by hand? Yeah, like remove it. And I thought... 50 cents an hour. No deal. Not yeah. doing it. <laughs> okay. I, I'm thinking that's too much exertion for such a small return. You knew that already yeah. somehow. Yeah. And I was under 10. The biggest problem and the biggest asset that I've I've got in my life is being self-aware to a fault. Interesting. Which even saying that is... Not very, early. <laughs> so, You're pretty aware of that. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> so, I, I, it's funny, like... So I thought I'm just not, and it's kind of. I look back now and like my business ventures and whatnot. Like, if it's not actually worth it, I won't exert the energy. Well, that's pretty smart. I yeah. think that's what they teach you in business school, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you think it's not going to pay off, don't even start it. Do the risk analysis first. So you have that maybe built in. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So that was my first. Did you negotiate him up? No. You just said, no, I'm not yeah, going to do it. Not doing Grandpa? it. Grandpa? Yeah. Yeah, pop, <laughs> pop. Pop, is that, is that the term in yeah. Australia? Okay. Yeah. Well, there's both, but there's, yeah. he was pop, pop. Yeah. And so. so, did you start doing something else then at that point to make money? Or were you did you care about no, making money at that point? No, not really. But um, you didn't need it. Did you need it for anything? Well, I was under 10, so. What did your parents, uh, like, yeah. what if you need sweets or Well, th- they something? would just buy it for so us. So, they would buy you yeah. things. We never really had pocket money. 
Yeah, um, like an allowance, a yeah. weekly do chores around the house. Yeah, no I mean, like we would um, help out. Yeah, I remember like I would have to mop the floor and vacuum and mm-hmm. do the yeah. dishwasher and stuff like that. Yeah, um, which was just yeah part of being a part of the family, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I like that way of of doing it because if you're not going to just include it as part of being a kid and being part of a family. Mm. Then at least structure it like a job would be, so that they get used to that. Like you've got to teach them something, totally, right? If totally. they just do like a half-ass job and then get some money, well, that's what they're probably going to do when they get the job. Exactly. And uh, so I it's just I got to think about what is allowance for. But so you didn't even do that. That structure wasn't there. Not really, but I didn't want for anything as well. So yeah, it, it was really good. What were your parents uh, doing for money for work? They were just, um, you know, dad was a truck driver interstate for uh okay. for many years yeah. mum worked at the pharmacy okay. um like as an assistant yeah, or, yeah yeah and then dad uh, started his own business okay and had a cleaning business um so entrepreneur yeah, your dad. yeah yeah and he owned his trucking business so and my grandfather was also a, a small business owner so okay. it was kind of destined that i would work for myself you probably got someone to pay uh 25 cents to do the exactly. he was offering you a high rate <laughs> maybe <laughs> so but who knows, he might have been prepared to negotiate $2 right. an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, he's I'm just starting like, low. Based on that spirit of yeah. negotiation, I don't want anything to I do with I don't like you. the way you started, Pop. That's uh, this, is, this first offer is insulting to me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so freaking nervous, um, but I just wanted to jump in and say thank you to Glee Coffee Roasters for looking after us. Remember gleecoffee.com.au if you want to buy any coffee or the coffee subscription. If you like good coffee, jump on and use the promo code M3 in the checkout for 15% off. Thanks, Glee. You're listening to My Millennial Money. Unlike a current affair, we won't go on and on about the most effective washing detergent, but we will tell you about the best way to lose weight. Fast forward, I was 16 years old, 15 years old, always mm-hmm. had an interest in shares and entrepreneurial okay. books. And yeah, okay. I remember reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad like a million years ago. Really? As an was, early teen? Yeah, that was like my first Wow. My first thing. And then... And just uh, just for people who don't know, it's a, the qu- what's the quick summary is you have to get, get property or, or assets. Well, right? I, no, for me, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, If and I tell my listeners if you haven't read it, mm-hmm. you know, do yeah. it. Do it tomorrow, like because it's a mindset yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So the premise is uh, this young man. He grew up under a, a father that was a school teacher, mm-hmm. safe government job, yeah. and he had a friend's dad who was a very wealthy property investor. And they had two different schools of thought. Uh, sure. One was government job, one job. Don't take risks. That's your lot. You know, forevermore. You'll amen. Be fine. You'll be fine. The other one is life's too short. Take risks. Do stuff that other people aren't doing. Blah blah blah. So that was really cool to read that, and then I'll do like a community community college weekend course about shares because okay. uh, I just had an interest in that. And then I actually I didn't love school because I didn't like people telling me what to do. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't want to sit here and 
you know, I and I came yeah. first in business studies. I really like that. But somehow you already knew what to do, which is what people don't know when they go to school. And exactly. That's why they're okay yeah. sitting it. But yeah. you had this idea of you yeah. just knew what you wanted. So yeah. I could see that being frustrating. So I wanted to leave school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Hmm. And I wasn't allowed to leave school unless I got an apprenticeship at the very least, okay. which is like a Like full, allowed by your parents yeah, or, f- or the law or no, how does it work? Well, by my parents. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was a four-year um, structured um, course and a trade, and that was in telecommunications. Okay. So I did that for four years, and I was the youngest in my year. So by the time I was 20, I left school at 16, and by the time I was 20, I had been fully qualified yeah. uh, telecommunications technician. Okay. <laughs> and I Without, knew- like, this is like going to school, but you didn't. Have so to go to a college or well, you did the college one one day a week. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, you, so it was it a technical was college, yeah. and then the four days was on the job. So, what exactly were you qualified to do then? Uh, so, like, see this Cisco phone system here. Yeah. So, like, yeah, program like them, landline. install them, do yeah. the big commercial systems. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So, at, so at the age of twenty, you're already qualified for this. Yeah. And I knew that that wasn't something I wanted to do. I wanted to work with money or do something. And then I saw a um, course, like a financial planning course. Long story short, I um, quit that role after you know doing the apprenticeship. So you're all ready to go. And how long do you actually <clears throat> spend working as that? Not even... I did it for four... Basically, four years the apprenticeship and a couple of months after the apprenticeship okay. finished. Like, so, you did uh, what you had to do. Yeah, and then I knew it wasn't for me. But, yeah, well, that's what you got to do but sometimes. But conversely, yeah. I believe nothing is wasted. No, and yeah, I agree And the skills you. that I learned yes. then, I apply to my life today. Sure. The forward thinking, strategic thinking, yeah. critical thinking, problem solving, dealing with people. You can always take something. Absolutely. Even just one little thing. But you got a lot of things. That was, totally. I'm sure it taught you everything. Totally. You just totally. have to have an open mind. I mean, I was thinking. a 16-year-old apprentice going into offices, communicating with people. Oh, yeah. So That's totally valuable. Yeah, totally. Priceless even. Yeah, okay. I started studying financial planning correspondence. Mm-hmm. And I tried to get a job in, in financial planning, in finance. Sure. And I think I went for like five or six interviews and I couldn't get a job. And was there a reason? Not Availability, sure. I just wasn't qualified. Uh, yeah, all that just couldn't get a job. Sure. And I was ready to go back to telecommunications. It was like, and then I went to one recruiter. I remember the very end of it. I'm like, this is the last time I'm going to a recruiter. Went to a recruiter for this admin job. And they said, oh, we're really sorry. The job that you're here for has just been taken. They got someone else and they cancelled us. However, one that we recently filled, the guy just pulled out of and we Mm. think it's a good fit for you. And it was? It was a admin reception role at a financial planning office. So, way to get in. Way to get in. So, I mean, I was collecting the mail and the milk of a morning on the front desk reception, like, which is, a you know, I think it's a valuable job for the right person. For me, I learned a lot. So, I was in this firm. So, I went to the interview. I was late to the interview because <laughs> I was just like, I'm over it. I don't even care anymore. Like, yeah, okay. Late to the interview. Um, I'd already started studying and I worked at that place for four and a half years. Okay. And moved from reception to admin yeah. to uh, para planning, doing financial advice documents for the advisors. Yes. Then I would be an associate advisor. Yeah, okay. So, advising clients. And then I was 25 years old. And I was commuting from 
the central coast in New South Wales, Australia, to Sydney, which is an hour north on the beach. So I was commuting to Sydney every day, and I'm like, I don't want to move to Sydney. I want to start my own business. So I started my own business at age 25 doing financial planning. Okay, and you're fully qualified, and you have the experience of going through. I, I basically did another apprenticeship in financial planning. Yeah, you did. A lot of CFPs will go out and do this on their own, but maybe they'll do it later than 25? Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is right. very early. Yeah, right? that's right, yeah. So at 25, you're already ready to start your own firm because you feel like you can go out on your own when maybe someone would be yeah. five years later or yeah. even 35, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So you're getting a head start on that. How are your finances at this point? Like, Were you making money as an apprentice well, before, I was in, like 16 I'll, to 20? Uh, yes. And, and then after not... Yeah, actually, while you were working up to yeah. 25. Yeah, so I was employed uh, from 20 to you know 25 yeah. at the financial planning office. Yes, um, yeah, doing all those My base roles. salary was like 35 grand. Like, so nothing. were you able to save anything? Not really. I, you, you just can't save money on yeah, and the minimum income, really. Like, So did it really start when you were 25 then? Like when you got your own thing, that's when you were able yeah. to start saving? So basically, investing? the amazing story was... A year before I quit my job, a very wealthy individual got a job there advising who had just moved from the country. Okay. So, like, six-hour drive away. Sure. Very wealthy. And he sat next to me, and I worked with him, Mm. and he was my rich dad. Okay. My mentor. So, you got to have a mentor next to you. Yeah. So, every day we used to go and get lunch. Nice. And he changed my mindset from Mm. the working class like, my dad had his own business, but he just owned his job, right? Sure. But this guy full-on mentored me mm. to change my mindset. The wealth creation mindset. Totally. Yeah. But anything's possible mindset. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Like, you, mm. you do what you want. Because I said to him once, like, we were joking around, and he said, and I said to him, you know that saying, oh, you can't have it all? Like, yeah. He's like, why not? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I like and to say that. Yeah. It's power of positive thinking as well. And sometimes it might sound unrealistic, but I... I still believe you should say things like that. Totally. I'd lo- yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that. Maybe you're not being realistic in every point, but if you say I can't do it, then that will come true. Right? Totally. So, so he changed that uh, mindset for you. Absolutely. And did that give you sort of the motivation to go on your own? Is that like just yeah. at the tail end of... Uh, yeah, so yeah. that was like a year before I quit. Sure. Um, and then he was departing to do another role and we kind of had a joke with each other like, oh, the first one to leave wins. And really <laughs> amazing, we left within a day of each other. He retired? No, well, no. He, he was only in his oh, 40s. Oh, so he, he just stepping he stone. Had, uh, yeah, okay, onto I, thought, it. Yeah. I thought maybe he was at the end because that's no. why he was so wealthy, but he just did well in his Previously, like, yeah. the last 10, 15 yeah, years. Yeah, because okay. he had a farm and he sold that, and so he was okay. worth many millions. Yeah, um, so, and what did he go and do? Just uh, sidebar he, there. he did other advising, and then he, he landed a, a national role for a big firm. Now he's doing his own venture capital stuff. And the cool thing was... He actually, because I said, I've got no money. Like, how can I do this? Yeah. Like, and he goes, well, I'm going to write you a check. Hmm. And he said, I'm never going to ask for it back. If you want to pay it back, it can be in a week, 10 weeks, 10 years, whatever, but I'll never ask you for it. Yeah. There you go. Go start your business. And so that you were his first uh, venture capital. Well, I think it was just just someone who believed in me. Yeah. It was a gift. Hmm. And, um... Can you tell me how much it is or is that... Oh, I would prefer not. Okay, yeah, that's fine. But it yeah. was significant. Yeah. Like even if it was 
$500. Sure. It would have been. Something to give you... It, but it wasn't the money. It was, it was, oh, someone actually believes that I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really matter how no. much, right? Yeah. If we know how much it is, it might skew our view of this this act yeah. of giving you the It was under $10,000. Yeah. Like, okay. it wasn't a lot of okay. money. Yeah. Um, but you're just like, wow, mm. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. So... Hmm. I before I started my business, I basically spent the months before marketing and contacting people that could send me clients. Okay, yeah. So is that okay to do? I guess. Like if <laughs> do what I want, in right? Hi- in hindsight, though. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind. I mean, I I took a couple of sick days and um, okay, yeah. went and talked to other businesses and said, "Hey, I'm starting a." Uh, I now focused on insurance first, like okay. life insurance, yeah. income insurance, because I started uh, approaching mortgage brokers for them to refer me clients mm-hmm. because if I couldn't get clients, I couldn't make money. No. And so, so I spent the first, like I think in my first year of business, I met with 42 businesses mm. in my area yeah. to refer me clients. And why were they, why were they choosing? Well, and that was it. I, I said, look, I'm good at what I do. I'll hero you. I'll, I'll keep you in the loop and it's more of a value proposition for you to look after your client mm-hmm. by ensuring that your customer has the right insurance Yeah, and I won't farm them out to any other brokers, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I guess it was funny. The first year, the first financial year, my financial, cause I did a bit of a business plan cause I needed a license in Australia and okay. um, the company I was licensed through who I still am today um, at the time, the financial planning license cost $26,000 a year. Wow. And they gave me six-month fee-free. Okay. Is but that common or? It can be, yeah. Yeah. So, they said, we can't, we're not giving you a license unless you prove that you can do this. So, we need a so business plan. Something and, detailed. Yeah. So, I basically projected, I want to generate in the first year, I think I said like ninety thousand dollars. Okay. Or a hundred thousand ninety seven, I think it was. Like <laughs> in I your did, first year of business. The first financial year. It sounds reaching. Is it was it far reaching? It was it was doable, I okay. thought. Okay. And after the first year I basically did it. Okay. It's almost more than doubled my income that I was earning. Yeah. Before. How did you do it? Before I left my business, uh, the company that I worked for, the guy who trained me, he said, just remember two things. Look after people hmm. and don't chase the dollars. Okay, yeah. So, I just set out to help people. So, the more people you help, the better you'll do. Yeah, I, I agree with it. Yeah. Like People like to think that it doesn't always work, or does it always work in your experience? I think in the long run, it will. Yeah. So, you've just got to play a long game. Yeah, that's right. People want it to happen yeah. right away. I think that's yeah. probably the biggest fallacy, right? Yeah. So, instant uh, returns. Totally. So, everything I do in my life, mm-hmm. I do it for the Glenning Five years for the Glen at age 65. Nice. So, like at the moment, I, uh, we've got superannuation in Australia. Um, you can put up to $25,000 a year into that mm-hmm. retirement savings account. I cap mine out every year. Okay. And people go, you're so young. Why are you putting twenty five grand away? Yeah. And I'm like, because I'm a spender. Yeah. yeah I'm, like, sure. I'm like, if it doesn't get locked oh, yeah. away, put it away, I'm going to spend it. <laughs> like, I'm doing it to protect the Glen James. Well, that's what a lot of people- 40 years time. People, like, so we have RSPs, which is very similar to supers. It's locked away. Yeah. You pay yep. a penalty if you take it out. You can for a certain reason. We but can't even take it out until- 
preservation at age 60. So that's more like a locked-in retirement account. So Absolutely. If we have, it's closer to like a pension sort of sure. deal. Uh, you could take it out like if you're at uh, poverty level for a couple of years or if yeah. you have some kind of medical Yeah, thing, we get all that you crap. Have the, yeah. yeah, those reasons. But yeah. it's basically locked away. It's locked away, yeah. People also look, though, at uh, property um, in that way too, would you sure. say the same thing? Like, is is it a forced savings to pay yeah, a mortgage? I, I think so. I mean, I've got my my main house that I live in with a mortgage. Mm-hmm. I've got an investment property with a mortgage, and I've got a third property which will be completed next year, okay. which will have a mortgage as well. And you would spend that money, yeah. But I so the big thing um, in Australia with wealth creation was uh, interest only on investment loans. Okay. So you just pay the interest, you don't pay the capital down. Mm. And then in the future, hopefully the capital value will increase and yeah. then inflation will help pay the debt off, blah, For blah, blah. Like 20 years, whatever. Like you, it's always interest only. Yeah. Well, you've got to refinance it after five years. Sure. Okay. But all my loans are now principal and interest. Yeah. Because I, it's forced savings. I'm paying yeah. down debt. I'm buying an income stream for the Glenn James in 30 years. Well, how do you feel about debt? Uh, I don't love it. I mean, I don't have any consumer debt. Yeah. That was different than leverage debt, yeah, I mean, like a mortgage. I, I'm a big fan of Dave Rams in America, mm. but it's not possible in Australia to buy property without debt. No. I, I, where can you buy property? Like maybe here in Florida. Mm, yeah. Like, because it's like $100,000 yeah, property. Yeah. I mean, my... <laughs> First investment property was four hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, I mean, no Who's one's saving have, that. No one is. Even if you started early, like you did, or you like people can do it if they get, say, gifts or from parents, or if you have an early inheritance somehow. But yeah, even that, like that totally. much cash, where, like, yeah, that's it's not a possible. Totally. And Dave and Ramsey thinks that it's possible. Well, in America, and it might be in America. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if I lived here, I probably would do property his way. Because hmm. I just don't like debt. So save up all the money, all the money you need. That's yeah. what he says, basically. Yeah. yeah. And it might be a longer game. But you've just got to remember, he hmm. hasn't made money from investing. He's made money from telling people how to pay off debt. Yeah. <laughs> and I really respect him. And I would take his advice all day long. Yeah. But in Australia, it is not possible to buy property without uh, gearing. Yeah, and maybe in parts of Canada, like parts of the States too, yeah. but not where I'm from and not where you're from yeah. in terms of areas. But yeah, like consumer debt, I don't have, like I use credit cards while I'm, you know, overseas, got my Amex, so I don't pay the international fee and if the car gets yeah. stolen, like Convenience. it's easy of it. Yeah. Day to day, I use Visa debit. I don't chase points. Um, no, okay. I don't buy lounges on, you know. So I not pay- even reward cards uh, for that, You no. even if you're going to pay it off. Is yeah, you, are you at risk? Do you feel like you're at risk if you use credit in that way? Yeah, my personality is. Sure. So what I do when I teach, because I've got an online course that I made because I was sick of telling people how to yeah. manage their money. Sure. What I do is I've got an account that's with one bank and the only app that is on my phone is that bank. Okay. And the only card that's in my wallet or the only Apple Pay on my phone Yeah is that card. Okay. Now, I call that my blow account. Yeah. Okay. And I put $600 a week yeah. into that blow account. Okay. And I don't have to use my brain. I can just blow that money. Oh, yeah. Food, entertainment, yeah. going out, you know, anything, don't use my brain for, and I do that weekly. Okay. And that's because you can afford that. Everything else has been... 
yep. taken care of. Yeah, I've got a bills account, stuff's taken care of, I've got savings, mortgages. All the fixed stuff. Yeah, all like the, the fixed mortgages, stuff's counted for. I pay myself uh, fortnightly or bi-weekly from my business into my cash hub and then weekly out to my blow account. Yes. And now, of course, this is now, mm. but you weren't always able to have 600 a week, as you said, no. in your blow account. Yeah. So you had your first year, you hit 100000 in, would you say, gross? Yeah, yeah, gross, yeah. yeah. And so where did it go from there? Like, uh, did you just keep in the business? That? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so the, the business, I, I run it pretty lean. Probably. Well, how old are you now? 34. And so by the time. So the first couple of years, now you're you're making money for the first time at 20, really? Yeah, I think 25, 20, 26. 27 was when it really got good. And you never had any reason to think about where you're going to put your money because you didn't have any. And so what That's did right. you decide to do? At the, you had interest in all these different things like property and stuff. Did, did you yeah, start with property? Yeah, I did. But the first thing I did was purchase my own house to live in. But it's funny because... Financially, on paper, in mm. Australia, it's cheaper to rent where you want to live and invest elsewhere because mm. you claim tax deduction, like your home office, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But because I'm a conservative person, I want to make sure that no one's taking my freaking house. I can live here. Sure. I can paint the wall. Like, Yeah, yeah. And, so, control. that's just me. Yeah. You wanted some more power over that. And I wanted to, while I built the business, I wanted to make sure that home was home and it... And because I'm a business owner, I didn't yeah. want to get evicted during a busy time in the business and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, the first thing was, yeah, my house. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, I bought my first investment property. And this is big in Australia, right? In investment properties. Someone yeah. said that this is, you want to have an investment property. It's very common. Oh, everyone wants an investment property in Australia. Yeah. And and a lot of people do also in North America. But I, I feel like it's almost like a rite of passage for, for you guys. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So then I also, that's when I started as well, uh, capping out my superannuation. So you're maximizing there. Yeah, maximizing there. And uh, so yeah, so you started your property plus that. And would you say like, I mean, your your expenses are lean. You're one person. Well, the business you're expenses spending, are lean. Yeah. But you're a spender. Yeah. So yeah. how does that work? I've probably, I've been in the States six weeks. Mm-hmm. It'd be over 15 grand. Fifteen grand yeah. that you spend, but it, you have this money now. Yeah, well, like I fly business class. Yeah. Um, the last I went to New York City the last night I did there, it, it was eight hundred and fifty dollars for a hotel suite overlooking Central Park. Because I'm big on buying experiences and not things. Sure. And I give a lot of money away to mm. charities, and yeah. I had a meeting the other day with my business coach and my personal financial coach, and I'm like stressing out because. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing well. Like, oh, and they're like, um, well, you're saving over thirty percent of your income. <laughs> so you, yeah, so because not including the um, the giving, the uh, give. So you're already saving, like saving meaning the investment properties and well, like and the, maxing out super, is maxing that part out of it? super, yeah. the investment properties. So you're doing, and I've got a um, an investment account, like a um, managed fund, like a managed fund, sure. mutual fund yeah, account. Yeah, yeah. In a, it's a, an investment bond. Okay, so I put money in there every month. So in Australia, like, and probably in America, it's like a lot of money guys are like, I'm property only, equities is crap, or I'm equities only, property is crap. I just like do both. Yeah, <laughs> just spread, spread it around. Yeah. It's another way to diversify. Yeah. And everyone's all about doing all mm. these niche things. Mm. But you're only like, let's just you know reference the 15 grand. You're doing this after everything is covered. Oh, absolutely. Right? And, yeah. and that's that's a good lesson. Like, 
you know, everyone's at different income levels, but you like, you know, you call it your blow account because you can blow it because yeah. you've, you're taking care of everything mm. else. I'm not a fan of the fire movement. Sure. Okay. Only because yeah. I can't be frugal. It's not in me. Extreme frugality or guerrilla frugality. Yeah. I, I'm, I just like my mentor said to me once, like Maka, who I referenced before, the millionaire guy, mm-hmm. he's like, you can't give anything away because it always comes back. Mm. I mean, the other night, just a couple of nights ago, heap of us went out for dinner. And I'm not big noting myself. I'm just sure. sure. Shit, like, yeah. um, I just grabbed the check for the table. Yeah. Because you know you can afford it. Yeah. And what is better than experiencing life with friends and yes. food? I mean, for my 33rd birthday, yeah, it was so funny. I Because um, I never did a an 18th birthday, a 21st, and like they're big you landmarks. Were, you were working. Well, I just wasn't into that. Like, because yeah, okay. I'm not, I don't want to be the same. Anyway, I thought, you know what? I'm 33. I'm going to hire a place and I'm going to, I think I invited 30 people. Sure. And it was a sit down dinner and my designer, we worked with the restaurant and it was a cool bar, restaurant, food place. And because um, I, all, my dream, like, I remember when I was like 20, I'm like, if I could go out for dinner and, and pay like $300 for some people for dinner. Like, that would be so cool to shout, yeah, my friend. Yeah. So, anyway, we, we got the menu. My designer did up a menu um, that I chose the food from the restaurant. We did it in the same restaurant theme. Okay. And it said, you only turn 33 once. Okay, yeah. And um, so, I invited all my friends. We choose a three-course meal, choose what you want. The bar was open. Like, the bar girls, when I was organizing it, they're like, oh, do you want just wine and beer? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, all spirits and cocktails. I'm like, no, I want it all. Everything. Like, they're my friends. Like, don't want what? somebody to not have a white Russian because it's not on the. That's right. So, the menu. so we did a uh, my 33rd birthday. Uh, I think when I walked out, the bill was two two thousand two hundred. Sure. For the, and I just yeah. covered it all for everyone. Yeah. And to me, that was the real gift. Like that was amazing to experience life. See, that night may not have happened because some people there were uni students. Uh, they might not have been able to afford sure, a really yeah, nice they, place. They wouldn't have been able to come. And that, cause that happens because you started so young, the people who are your age, a lot of them are just starting out. Totally. Friends of yours, right? Totally. So this goes, all goes back. Cause I like the, the, you said like when I was 20, like on the surface, it sounds like you might've come from money or something. Right. But mm. you, you just worked for 10 years before everyone was even yeah. doing anything. Yeah, totally. And it sounds really bizarre. So my financial planning business, mm-hmm. most people in Australia get debt and buy businesses and buy clients and then start. Okay. But I started oh. everything organically from scratch. Yeah. So, I had no debt building my business. Sure. 30, 34 years old now. Yeah. So, how does someone do what Glenn James did? Like, it, the, do they have to do that, you know, apprenticeship? Like, like the, all those, I, you start early? Yeah, I think, well, it's just, I, I'll say, I was at a cafe the other day. And there was a young girl who I know from, she's just finishing year 12, or she's just going into year 11 or something. And she works there and, you know, I know her. And one of the other girls said to me, oh, Glenn, she's she's just about to drop out of economics. You're in money. What should she do? And I said, she should do what she wants. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think if you're listening and you're in school and you know university isn't for you, go and follow your passion as long as you don't get pregnant get on drugs or end up in jail like go to university when you're 25 yeah i didn't know what i want to do when i was 25 sure so live get some experience so how would you do 
what I did. You need to do something you're passionate about. Yep. You've got to run your own business, unfortunately. Because otherwise think. you're capped for income. You, income's capped. Yeah. You need systems and processes. Mm. So, like my financial planning business last year when I was taking new clients, there was, uh, say, 20 purple folders and purple folders in my new clients. Mm-hmm. We could print a report and see where every single one was at in the process. Mm. So I had maximum efficiency in the business. Yeah, it's important for scale, which yeah. is what you did. That yeah. You to to start making a hundred thousand in your first year, you would have had to. I'd, I'd had to have systems scale. and processes. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, it's it sounds weird, but I I wanted to set up the business so each client I sat down with, they felt like they were my only client. Yeah, as they should. A lot of it is do what you love, do it for yourself. Yes. Get systems and processes. So anything you have to do twice, you—that's the same. It can be automated. And how? And how many? You probably worked a lot at the beginning. Yeah, totally. Like how many hours would you say you were working a week, or just? Oh, like uh, to be honest, always, I, <laughs> always working. This sound, no, not really. No, really? Um, okay. I probably only, on average, over the last eight years, average three and a half days a week. Okay. Maybe four. So it's the systems and processes. Yeah, you just you would have developed them at the beginning. Maybe spent a little extra time then. Yeah, yeah. to get the process going. And then I, I don't like working. Remember when my pop wanted hey, me to do stuff? Sure, yeah. But I love doing the vision and helping people. Yeah, I love setting up the systems and the processes. Hey, if you're loving the show and want to get more of it, head over and subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's a new daily podcast, and we're dropping daily money hacks. No longer than five minutes right into your headphones. So I guess what is a financial advisor doing at FinCon? Yeah, uh, good question. Well, especially you. Like, Well, we know you have a podcast. Yep. I mean, you're pretty set right now. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I, if I really wanted to, I could change... I could literally, like I've been in the States for six weeks. Yeah. I've probably emailed two clients with a question or issue. Yeah. I've got a PA who's does a lot of my legwork and she's the main contact. Okay. I could just do whatever I want whenever I want. I was in London a couple of years ago and uh, I wasn't happy and I'm standing at Piccadilly Circus and there's people everywhere and it was a last minute trip to London and I'm like, this is interesting. I'm I'm the envy of my friends, mm-hmm. you know, work when I want, travel all over the world. Yeah. But I'm not really happy. Sure. And to me, there was two that was one time and there was another time where my I got a huge I do a lot of business insurance, so big business cases, and I got like a thousand dollar commission payment. And that same day I visited someone who was dying. And those two times have really showed me that money, it actually doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. And you've got to hold money loosely. Yeah. Like, yes, I've got to provide for future Glenn, which I do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've got to yeah, give charitably, which I probably that. give away 15% of my income to charities. And wow. So, a lot of my income goes to saving. All I do is give, save, spend. Yeah. That's all I do. But, yeah, the money, you've just got to hold it loosely. So, you're, you want to spread this message... Yeah. To people, yeah, is that I, that's what you I, talk about on your podcast? So, so my millennial money, the podcast that I run, 
So I basically now work in the financial planning business only two days a week Mm -hmm. and not taking new clients. I'm literally just loving and looking after the clients that I've got and treating them well and over-servicing them and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. But in Australia, there is a huge need for financial literacy for under 30s. It's harder over 30s because they're in habits and routines and behaviors. Um, So I've started... I started a blog, sortyourmoneyout.com, mm-hmm. and then I started a podcast six months ago, My Millennial Money, and it's basically infotainment. Mm, okay. There's myself, John, who's a property investor, yep. and then a friend, Aaron, who's not in finance, and we talk okay. about topical things like and that. just chat about it like friends. Yes. So, it's engaging, and yeah, it's going really well in Australia. So, what I do it's appealing now- Appealing to millennials. Totally. Right? Yeah. So- off the back of that, you know, I did a lot of, you know, money and cash flow coaching because I hate budgets, right? Sure. Like, don't tell me I've got to log $4 on a coffee. You don't, so, you're a spender. I'm a spender. Yeah. So, that's why I coach people with my course to do the blow account and have the systems and structures in Take place. Take care of the big stuff. And because then, yeah. the blow account, it's good for the spenders like me because it governs me. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every week, when there's $20 left, I feel poor. No, you do. But that's good because the system's working because that evening there's another $600 coming in. I like that it actually makes you feel restricted even though you know know. you have assets to get to. I know. That's kind of fascinating. I'm like, I drive a luxury car. I've got the the nice watch and all that crap. But why do I feel broke? Oh, it's because my system's working. That's why. (laughs) But for the savers, the Mm. blow account's good because it gives you permission. Permission. I love that. Uh, uh, people say a budget gives you permission too. Totally. Though. So I'm big on the spending plan. Um, budget scares people because yeah, it, it feels does. restrictive. Even the word does. So my job is now to spending plan. I like educate that. people yeah. on how to structure their finances to yeah. empower them. You don't need debt for stuff. Save up, pay cash. If you've got to go on the secondhand website, go in the affluent suburbs, get stuff. I mean, when I moved out, I didn't buy a new fridge until last year. Yeah, I bought secondhand washer. I've only just started buying nice stuff for my house as it's going. Yeah. And as a handy tip, if you're um if you're looking for big ticket items for your house, I shop twice a year cr- after Christmas and then at the end of financial year sale. So whatever the okay. two big times in the year are, whether it's yeah in the states it's like Black Friday, sure. yeah, probably I don't know end of. So in Australia, it's like end of financial year is thirty June. Yeah. And then the Christmas Day Boxing Day sales okay. goes for a month. Like just last Boxing Day, I bought a new bed, bed head, a new washing machine. I got a nice Bosch washing machine. Like all this stuff, like literally 50% discount. So like this is a good lesson because everyone who's been listening to this knows that you could buy whatever you want uh, at whatever price. Whenever I want. Whenever it. you want, right? Yeah. And it is really interesting because, and there are people who could and they do, and these people might have the same <laughs> revenue as you, but they're in debt. Yes. And there's probably lots of them. Yeah. And they need your system. Yeah. And so people think that it's impossible, right? Even the ones that are making or grossing what you are. So yeah. even if you get to the uh, point, like you don't even have to get to your level of, of income to follow this kind of thing and you'll retain a lot of stuff. Totally. And, I tell yeah. people, do my spending plan and you'll have more money than you've ever had before. Yeah. Like not everybody needs the the blow account or whatever, but a lot of people do. And exactly. Like there's there's so many different ways to look at this. 
Yeah. But I was challenged by a business coach the other day. We did this thing where, so maybe draw a cross on a bit of paper. In the middle of the cross is zero and the end points of the cross yep. is 10. Okay. So, you might write family, relationships, money, health. Sure. And you put a dot and rate them. Yeah. So, my personal health or fitness was quite low. It was, eh? Okay. So, looking at my personal spending plan, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't want to pay myself more out of the business mm-hmm. because I'm not getting new revenue. Yeah. So, I had to pull some back from my charitable giving and put into me and do Pilates now once a week. Yeah, because you won't be able to give if you're not around. Exactly. To give. So, you gotta, like you said, balance. Yeah, so I... I meet with my own money coach and business coach mm-hmm. every three months and we do accountability things and they keep me on track. Like, cause I'm a, everybody needs coaches. That's right. right. Is that your, yes. your belief? I'm a financial advisor. I coach people. Yeah. I'm still human. I still want to buy stuff. You still need some accountability. I said to them the other day, Oh, I think I need to put on a new staff member just to help. And they're like, no, you don't need to. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, you just saved me forty five grand a year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's right. They're looking at it from the outside. Exactly. You you might get a little wrapped up in it. Totally. And what I tell clients, you're in your own echo chamber, mm-hmm. and if there's a couple, you're both in an echo chamber. Yes. You just need someone else outside to speak into to that. And when did you start um, delegating to your say PA? Did you have one from uh, the beginning? No, I did everything myself yes. until I was running out of hours. Basically. But even you were only working a couple of days a week back then too? I wasn't working full hour days, so yeah. Okay. Um, but because you what it. I was doing was profitable because yeah. it was lean. and um, Yeah, so lean business. Yeah, so I think I, I got a full-time, part-time PA in 2012 and then 13, she went full-time. Do you remember the motivation at the time to... I was, I was sick of doing paperwork. I was sick of paperwork. Yeah, so I was, just, it got to the point where I hated. I was starting to hate my job because I was wasn't working my skill set. Okay. Yeah. So we need to, like you said, self awareness. We need to be aware. You know, you're sitting, standing there in Piccadilly Circus. You're not happy. And 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 what did you do when you realized that? I just remember, if there's any reason I'm in London, it's to find out that money doesn't make you happy it was almost the point of going to like yeah this i'm is like why i'm here to you know this? spiritually or whatever it is yeah like, i had to do that hmm. to get some good perspective yeah i don't know it was just a good realization that money isn't the answer yeah it's a tool I've got options. Money gives you options. Money gives you options, but like a lot of people in your position, they do make the pursuit of money totally. their goal. Like there's guys that I hang around with and at events, and they just want the big empire. Yeah, I'm like, eh, can't be bothered. I mean, yeah, how much how much money do you would you really need, right? Like you're totally taking care of future you mm. and the overnight success took me 10 that's, years to get to the that's night. That's what a lot of people say, right? It's like, okay, you know, how you make 100 grand or, or gross it in your first year, yeah. it wasn't your first year at all. So when people go, oh, I'm on six figures, does that basically mean just over 100? They're allowed to say it once they hit 100 grand. So it could right. be 100, it, it could, could be, be 999,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, though it's hard to know. And I think- Because it's big here in America, like the six figure thing, like we don't use because that. Because six figures is, it's a, it's a lot yeah. for most people. Sure. So even if it was just $100,000, like right on the dot, 
what, that's fine. And so mm. if you say your blog makes six figures a year or whatever it is, that's something that is impressive to mm. people. And, and I want to repeat this again that I said it a couple of times. Mm. It's not like you're spending all of your money you've taken care of the savings and investments already. You're yes. spending the extra and people need that permission to yeah, do that. Totally. It doesn't matter if it's if it's business class flights or just going to, out to dinner. If you're taking care of everything else, please just do that. Yeah. Right? Spend like spend your money after you've taken care of uh, my friend Shannon Lee Simmons wrote Worry Free Money and yeah. she's like, take care of the fixed stuff. And then you have the bucket left and, and that's yours to do what you will with. Totally. Totally. And so yeah, the the uh, this is all really good lessons. So your podcast name again? My millennial money. My millennial money, and it's uh, it's focused on Australians, but not. Yeah, I mean the concepts that we talk about yeah. cross any borders. Yeah, I mean we've yeah. got listeners in Canada, yeah, America, exactly. but if we go, if we talk a little bit, and we don't go technical, but if we talk about superannuation or yeah. insurance or health insurance, it's going to be Australia specific. But the messages are the same. Totally. Like I grew up, like Dave Ramsey's show yeah. got me through building my business from 2010 to, because I didn't have, yeah. And you had some books and, and maybe radio shows and stuff, yeah. but not the volume that there is exactly in, in America. And, and of course, yeah, Canada's the same, right? Mm. I mean, the volume is not the same and things are slightly different, but the messages are all the same. Totally. And so, and the website? Uh, uh, MyMillennialMoney.com. Perfect. And so, people can listen. You have a bunch of episodes, right? How many have you made? I think we've got 26 or 7 at the moment. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's uh, that's awesome. And so, yeah, we're in uh, Orlando, Florida, FinCon. Are you, uh, will I be seeing you in uh, Washington next year? Yeah, I, I think I have to. I it's mean, closer to home. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I have family there, so maybe they'll let me stay, too. Yeah. So, I don't have to stay in... Uh, pay $40 a day parking yeah. uh, apparently that's what somebody posted in the I forum I saw that yeah I mean, you know it's 18 here but it, you know I got a nice man uh, if this conference was pack. in Sydney it'd be $80 a day that's it right and, and of course uh, no well some people would probably fly right mm. there I mean I I was there I if it was when I was there that would have been great so you're going to come back this is like something I, at, I purchased my ticket today you already and I I might do the same and I mean it, you, it's you, the cheapest it's the cheapest and you hedge your bet because you get the online you can always transfer it at the at like pretty close to the date I think a month before yeah, or something I'll be here yeah I'll be yeah. here yeah. Uh, I think uh, I will too. I have to work a few things out, but uh, <laughs> clear it through head office. <laughs> we'll uh, you will fi- we'll, uh, figure that out. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Glenn. No worries. That was this fun. This is really good. And uh, yeah, you know, let's just keep talking about this yeah. stuff, right? Perfect. Thank you so much for listening to that. If you're still listening, um, yeah, it was. It really was a struggle whether I put that up or not, but um, it's done now. I can't undo it. I really must stress there isn't a shortcut to anything. You've just got to do things right and it takes time. And that's why, you know, in the previous episodes, we've talked about a sound financial house. When we're building our own personal wealth, we need to do things the right way. I've had clients that will buy the investment properties first without putting insurances in place, without an emergency fund and they're just living on the on the line but if you do things first the right way like getting your emergency fund sorted sorting out your insurances getting those foundations in place you'll have a much higher chance of long-term success and when it comes to your career it's the same thing you can't be the ceo overnight I probably couldn't go and land a CEO role overnight. I just haven't had the experience but what you can do is you just need to start somewhere 
get experience, do what you're passionate about. You can do this. You've got this. This is what we're here for. We're here to encourage you every week. Listen to the podcast, get encouraged. Over the last nine years, most weeks I've listened to the Dave Ramsey show. That's what's got me through. Like no one is above this. We need encouragement. And I really want to do this podcast as a very Aussie encouragement for the Aussie community. I want to do more content this year with uh, Aaron and John. And if you've got any topics that you want covered at all, jump in the Facebook group, put the topic up, start a discussion, and we'll either answer it in the group or take your suggestions and make a show out of it. And if you are still listening, it means you may be a bit of a fan of the show. Uh, If you're on Apple and you haven't already, could you please jump on and give us a five-star review just to try and flush out the haters, you know? And it's kind of cool because I don't think the people who have voted or given one star would still be listening right now. So, yeah. Appreciate that so much. Remember, sortyourmoneyout.com for the spending plan uh, online course that I run. Use the promo code M3 to get the spending plan course for under $50. It will change your life if you want it to. It's up to you. Like, it will change your life. I mean, I went out with a mate to grill the other night. Between the two of us, it was like $50. So, it's just so cheap if you are serious about getting 2019 in order to have your best year yet financially. Remember, um, we're doing a bit of a, a debt countdown. So, if you want to go to sortmoneyout.com forward slash debt, put your details in and we'll see how much debt we can pay off this year as a group. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. It's just so fun doing this and meeting a lot of you online and sending your testimonies in of how much things have changed. So, I'm really looking forward to a great 2019. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Ghetto Project Limited, trading as Sort Your Money Out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.